Hi, I'm Becky Eakins, business mindset and lifestyle coach for occupational therapists. I focus on creating a freedom-based online business, helping OTs to package up their skills in unique and exciting offers that feel so good that they sell with ease in the online space. Since leaving the profession of OT, I have now worked with hundreds of clients online, helping them to create a life they feel inspired by. In this podcast, I will talk about the lifestyle goals, mindset and strategy you need to create your own life of freedom. Today, we're speaking about time. I find that I speak a lot about time when I'm coaching clients. It just seems to be such a massive issue and one that we often don't prioritize or understand but I possibly see time in a different way to other people because I see it as a mindset issue, maybe a perception. And I actually hate anything that focuses on time management. To me, that's not the main issue. And the idea of time management tools is just, it's just not what I think is, is the issue here. Time and the effective use of it falls deep within your shadow and it's a perception that we hold. Everybody has the same amount of time, but how we shape it in our minds will be the underlying cause of how we manage it. So that's why I think time management just really needs to come from deep within. It's not about throwing an external tool or strategy at a problem that's hidden within you. Doing that, it just seems to mask the symptoms. So my story with time started years ago when I realized I wore the badge of busy with pride. Like I love to meet people and tell them how busy I was, as if I thought it was that that made me important. I just felt like I raced for the position of the most busy in a conversation. I can cringe at the conversations I remember having years ago. Uh, For example, my university course was harder than theirs and gave more homework, or my kids were the most demanding and my lifestyle just the busiest. I honestly, um, I have no idea why I wanted this badge so much, but I so did. (laughs) I loved hosting parties and I would host one party after the other. They were huge, big, elaborate parties with crafts set out for all the kids in in different rooms and various games or entertainment. Uh, We'd hire people. We'd hire bouncy castles and I remember one party and it was a winter party as well. So we had to be inside and I realized I'd just invited 70 people and we were at the lantern parade. Um, And as I was walking around the lantern parade, all of these 70 people were there and they all said, oh, we're coming later. We're coming later. And I can remember just thinking, oh, my goodness, 70 people inside the house. Um, what have I done? <laughs> and it was so much fun. I really enjoyed that party. But the house was trashed. 
slime was bedded in on the new carpets upstairs. There were tiny pieces of craft that the kids had just got in every corner of the house. It just seemed to take months to sort out. It was chaos. It was carnage. And in the build-up to these parties, I would be crazily stressed. I would be not a very nice person. And I hate to think what my blood pressure would be like. My heart would be racing for weeks. But it was kind of addictive. And it was also kind of normal. And I just kept repeating the pattern of taking on too much. I would spend my time at the party already arranging when the next one would be and the next one. And, you know... We were renovating the house at the same time. We were converting a camper van at the same time from a van into a home. We were trying to raise two young kids and working. And I still had very high standards, even at that stage of life that I always expected big, long holidays. Always wanted to go away for at least three weeks at a time at that stage of life. And it's just like I expected to achieve in all areas, all at the same time. And it's no surprise to me that my partner at the time, he he had a heart attack because we both just had this habit of taking on too much. We just created this busyness, this, this lack of time, this, you know, this stress. And why did I do that? What caused the pattern of repeated behavior? taking on too much, trying to create big things, trying to be the best across every area, all at the same time. And a massive part of it, as I've come to realize, was my deep down perception of time, coupled with a layer of people pleasing on top. (laughs) So if I dig back into my family life, my dad was always called a superhero. Actually, now I do suspect he might have got ADHD. But anyway, in our home, he was just the superhero. He could run a 100 miles an hour when he needed to and create things in magical time frames. He worked and he worked many hours. Half a job, Rob, he was often known as because he started so many millions of projects around the home. Um, but to be fair to him, he did finish quite a lot of them, but just not as many as he as he started. And he was very often out of work from four o'clock in the morning and he'd be very often the last person awake at night. So we did have naps in our in our family like he would nap as well, because I think it's just impossible to keep going like that. But I um, and he wasn't always working, but when we needed him to, he could just pull it out the bag. And my mum's always referred to him as the superhero. And she's always said, oh, I can't do this. But don't worry, because when your dad comes, he'll just solve it all. And so we just thought that dad could solve everything. But one of the things as I've observed as I've got older is that he chooses the hardest option to solve the problem, the most physically demanding, because he enjoys the challenge. So he would always spend the least money 
and recycling everything he possibly could, which is fantastic. So the garden, his garden is beautiful. It's just full of creativity and fun with all of these secondhand things. And he made a mosaic after out of broken tiles and a, a hula hoop and all sorts of things. Um, he's so creative with it, but it's always labor intensive. Now, I only realized this when uh, it was reflected back to me that I do the same. So in one of the houses we were renovating, there was a big tree in the front garden, not a big tree, sorry, I should say a big bush that was a small tree. And um, I took it on myself to actually get rid of this thing because it was blocking the light into, into the front room. And so my natural urge was just to sit and whittle away with a small spade and a saw. And it took me weeks to do this. But whenever I spoke to anybody about it, they were just like, oh, well, well, we would just get this machine or that machine or that tool and we would do it very quickly. But for whatever reason, I felt pulled to sitting in the mud and using my hands to whittle away. And actually, I realized that I was just like my dad. I needed to feel like I'd done the physical hard labor. And somehow using a tool to make it faster would have ruined the enjoyment of a job. So I recognize that somehow I've absorbed this idea that doing work must be hard. It must be difficult and it must take a lot of time. Um, so. I definitely felt that to be a superhero was a great thing. And I thought that my superpower was that I was quite similar to my dad. I could work very hard and I could just keep going. I've got a lot of stamina just to keep going at a difficult job. And knowing that pattern um, just gave me massive insight into why my life was so hard because actually I had chosen to create it that way. If I look back now, I have always chosen the long and difficult way to make things happen. It was elaborate parties, over-inviting people, deciding to cook everything from scratch. I just created time-difficult situations for me because I thought that's what I needed to do to make me happy. Another example, if I was decorating and I was taking off the wallpaper and I had a steam cleaner to do it, I would still choose the slow way with a cloth and a scraper. I just preferred doing it that way. So it was these micro mini habits that were just shaping my life as a whole. I viewed people who were not superheroes as weak. That was an interesting thing to realize. So my mum would have always said, I can't do it. You know, don't worry, my dad will do it. And I just thought that I needed to be a superhero in every moment. And so when I introduced myself to people, this was very evident because I always had to say I was busy. Otherwise, people might think I was lazy and that would be awful. It was like my worst fear for anybody to think I'm lazy. But in reality, we've all got a bit of every trait. And quite honestly, if you to put me in the sun and, you know, give me a good book, I could quite happily lie there all day and not move. And um, 
basically this this need for not being lazy it was like I wasn't accepting a massive part of me I was hiding it deep in my shadow and of course that doesn't work because repressed shadows have a habit of showing up in unwanted places and this meant that I would get extremely triggered by anybody who I perceived as being lazy because I could not accept those traits in myself And this was what was propelling the need to race me for this badge of busy all the time and the need to fill my diary up with a crazy amount of activities. I recorded a mindset meditation, one that you can do overnight. Very powerful in terms of helping you create the confidence, the self-belief and deal with any money mindset issues. I use these kind of overnight meditations all the time. I found them incredibly powerful. So I've created a very special one and I'm giving it for free to all of my podcast listeners. You can download it on the show notes. So there was a lot to learn, but actually having kids taught me so much about time as well. I spent one whole year when my daughter was four, just trying to rush her, rush her into school. Um, And at every stage of the morning, I would be rush, 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 hurry up, hurry up, eat your food. No, you must eat quicker. Oh, no, you've got to get dressed quicker. Oh, come on, come on, stop dawdling on your way to school. No, you must walk faster. And one day I just caught myself and I'm like, this poor girl, all she is hearing is hurry, hurry, hurry all day long. And I realized it wasn't good for her. And I actually just stopped and looked at what she was doing. And I realized that while she was eating, she was enjoying every mouthful. And while she was getting dressed, she was taking so much care over what she chose and the way she put it on. And while she was walking, she was appreciating every flower, every stone and every just any beautiful things along the way. And I realized it was me with the problem and not her. So I slowed down to her pace and started to notice things. It was a massive change within me that I'm very grateful for my daughter to to actually showing me. And in the end, we chose not to send her to school again because it just wasn't working to rush her when she actually had this beautiful natural pace where she was appreciating everything in life. And this started me researching education and I researched deeply about childhood and looked into unschooling. And I just recognized that less is more and with kids And when we fill their diaries up with non-stop events, what it's actually doing is stopping their brains from working and stunting their creativity because they need that time to absorb things. And rushing them to school in the morning, followed by after school clubs where more adults actually control their time and their activities, it just felt wrong. And so instead we focused on freedom And we just allowed the kids to choose what they did on each given day. 
So we might end up going out with friends for a long day of playing or go to a home ed group, or we might stay in and do absolutely nothing. And I learned over time that the more I left them, the more they would educate themselves. So there was this period during lockdown when none of the home ed groups were running and we were in the house more than normal. Um, So you could say the kids were bored, but they moved past this boredom because after boredom comes intense creativity. I watched my 10-year-old daughter go into a hyper-focus of historical studies and it was just beautiful to watch. It was a Zoom call with uh, the family with her granddad particularly that just sparked this interest in, I think they were talking about, I think granddad said a question or if you could go in a time machine, where would you go back to? And the next thing she was creating this big timeline, this big massive long timeline of all the monarchy. And then um, for the following weeks and months, it just didn't stop. We had clay models of Tudor kings and queens, a whole theater she made so she could reenact scenes. Um, She was drawing, she was obsessively watching documentaries. She was reading multiple books. I was having to buy book after book. And uh, she was writing newspaper articles about the Tudor times. She was just lost in the richness of Tudor history for months. It was beautiful. Um, But there was a stage where we was even worrying about her because she'd often spend 13 hours a day um, on various projects. And then all of a sudden, it just disappeared. That was it. And she spent a whole week doing nothing but Minecraft. But I remember not being worried at all. In fact, I was quite relieved because that intense amount of education can't be sustained for a long period of time. And I was just so happy that she'd found her natural love for history through the process of doing nothing. And it was that process of doing nothing that meant she was able to find herself. If I had forced the education and activities on her all day, she just wouldn't have had that chance to find that herself and have noticed that I have the same pattern as an adult. So I left the profession of occupational therapy at the end of December 2019 And so my early days during the pandemic, I actually had nothing to do. We were supposed to be traveling, but we were stuck in one place. I couldn't even clean the house because the house was being renovated. So there was literally just a whole space of nothingness. And it was from this nothingness that I really just found myself. I started hearing my intuition loud and clear it would actually wake me up in the night. I could sit up and just suddenly realize that I'd got all of these insights. And I found the space to create a surge of energy again. It was just from doing this nothing that actually this business idea developed and then very quickly had success because it was so aligned to who I was. And right now I seem to have swung so far from the old me that I'm almost unrecognizable. I have tried to ban the word busy from my vocabulary because I've created a business model that just allows me to find flow in my life. 
So if I need to work 10 hours a week, I can work 10 hours a week. If I need to work 25 hours, I can do that. I don't tend to work more than that. I can show up for work or I don't have to on most days. I meditate every single day at least once and I go out walking in nature every single day. I really did create the life as if I was on holiday every day and all the things that I used to feel were luxurious or lazy, I now do every day, one after the other, after the other sometimes. And if I want to chill, I chill. And there's no sense of guilt there because I managed to free myself from those shadows. So now if I start to feel that rising pressure in my chest and I realize that my diary is getting full, I actually just cancel things. I've got no sense of guilt around that. I just say no. I say no instead of booking lots of things in my diary because actually I've got stronger boundaries and I know how much I appreciate time alone and time to recover after each event. I might even miss deadlines because I'm hiking or swimming in lakes and my mental well-being takes a priority. I don't even walk fast anymore. I've stopped walking fast. I just actually have taken to this slow pace of life and appreciate just watching the seasons change and noticing the birds and the flowers on every walk instead of just walking super fast. And thanks to my daughter for teaching me that one. Time was always under my control. I always had the choice in the way that I used it. It's just that I chose to keep it busy. I chose to run for that badge of busy. And I chose that because I wasn't accepting parts of myself that wanted to just rest and chill. And I had the shadow that just basically kept me focused on trying to hide any parts of me that, that just chilled. So my guess is if you are feeling stressed and worrying about time, I'm guessing that you've got more time than you realize. It's just literally what you choose to allow into your life. And very often when I think of time, I like to think of the saboteur and the magician in shadow work. The saboteur shadow just worries constantly about the lack of time and is very rigidly stuck to ways of working, needing lists and just, just very rigid, wanting to see all the steps of things before it will take action. Whereas the magician, which is the light version of that, sh of that saboteur, it just knows that it can bend time in magical ways. And when you see people in their magician, they just know they can pull it out the bag. They can create things in magical timeframes and they do. Very often notice when people are creating events that if you're in your saboteur, it will be very rigid, very slow. Let's do one step at a time. Um, this is going to take a long time and let's plan it for way off in the future. Whereas when somebody's in their magician, they're just like, yep, yeah, let's rock up and do this thing. <laughs> and they just know that they can pull it together and they do. So in times where it feels impossible. I try and lean into my inner magician and just know that I can create something in a magical time frame. And especially that happens when I lean into a playful 
and fun approach and just find my flow. So I'd love to challenge you to really think about what your perception of time really is. I just wanted to take a moment to share how I help occupational therapists to create their own version of freedom. I help OTs all around the world to design, launch and scale their online business. You will learn how to tap into a deeper understanding of your purpose, your mission and how to turn that into an exciting offer to sell online. I've clients who've hit 3K, 5K, 10K and 15K months. Anything is possible. If it sounds like a good fit, then contact me via the link on the show notes.